it's time for that hero stuff, bro! That hero stuff! Oh! How are you doing on the day of today? This is James Hall, and welcome to Restoring Heroes! Real biblical manhood in a counterfeit world, empowered by the War Cry Podcast Network! Woo! I'm excited. (laughs) Oh my goodness, I'm super excited. I have with me Jonathan West from Being Husband. Say hi to the people, John. What's going on, bros? See what I'm saying? See what I'm saying? I love the I love the energy, man. I love the energy. Now, being husband, uh, how long how long have you been doing that podcast? See, I started BH um gosh, two years ago, uh this upcoming January. Yeah, so I started I guess it was twenty nineteen, January twenty nineteen. Um and 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 started it in my my little apartment with with my iPhone, I didn't even have a mic back then, so I was just recording on my iPhone. <laughs> That's clean. That's good stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, if you don't know about being husband, it's an awesome podcast. Nice music up front. I like saying that, but it's all it is an awesome awesome podcast, and it, it talks about the practicality of being a being a husband and being a man, and it, and it, it's also theologically strong and and you can get a whole lot of stuff from that but there's also like you get some practical advice um last one i listened to was talking about the the importance of of, of lifting heavy weight and uh mm-hmm. and how the the your testosterone and, and 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 things like that it got me in the gym really hard trying to almost hurt myself because i want that stress <laughs> hormone that testosterone <laughs> I want them pheromones going off so <laughs> so but yeah if you man if heroes if you don't know already go ahead um after you listen in this podcast you need to go ahead and subscribe to being husband um it's a great podcast so now what was your motivation of of doing that what did you see in our in our society that made you want to uh do being husband man um so I had already had like a podcast I was working with that was very, very dense theologically called Hume. And I won't get into the details of that, but the basic premise was trying to parse out what it means to be made in the image of God. Okay. That was the original podcast. And I literally had a dream one night. Um, and like, you know, and I'm not, and I say this every time, like when it comes to dreams, like I'm not telling everybody just go do things that are in your dream. Right. right. But I did. And so I had a dream one night <clears throat> that literally had a focus group of people that were listening to the human podcast and they were all men. And they said, hey, Jonathan, we really appreciate this being theological, but make it practical for us. Make something for us. And so from there, um, I got really interested in men's issues. I got really interested in men of the Bible. And I was like, OK. I'm going to start a men's podcast, but target to husbands in particular. Uh-huh. And what's crazy about that, James, is that back in 2017, before I had the dream, before I started the podcast, I had already written down a site called Being Husband. Okay. Okay. That is crazy. And it was going to be a content website for guys that were 
uh, young married dudes that just needed to know, you know, what was going on in the world and how they should act in it and, and the biblical worldview on how they should uh, operate in the midst of all this. Because one of the things I think that the church does well is I think a couple of things. I think that the church has focused so much on evangelization and not as much on discipleship. And what I mean by that is I think the church is very focused on um, getting people to come to church to introduce them to the gospel. But the people that have already been there hmm. aren't knowing how to flesh out this new way of life day to day. Amen. Amen. And I think that that's a issue because when you look at when you look at the New Testament and you look at the model of the church, the church was designed to be. I'm going to equip the saints to go out and do the evangelization as opposed to having the the pastor or the church be the evangelistic tool. Right. Because right. it wasn't because, again, it, and we you probably heard this before. Christianity is not a uh, a a come see religion. It was a go tell religion. Right. And so the goal of it was to equip the saints in such a way that they could actually be well-versed in culture. They could be well-versed in the theology and the teachings of the Old Testament, as well as the teachings of Jesus. And then to be able to go out and make disciples of all people groups, go out right, and make right, disciples right. of people, not bring people in to then be evangelized. So like, I, so long story short, that was a kind of segue. I think that um, what I, what guys like you uh, are doing and, and everybody that's a part of the Battle Cry Network are doing is they are really kind of taking on the role of the church in a way. And they're, they're, they're focusing on, all right, now how do we disciple these guys? How do we train them up on how they should view political issues or economic issues or household issues? How do we instruct them biblically on how they're to operate right. in that paradigm? You know, as apart from just, you know, Jesus died for your sins, which is really important. Yes. But in light of that, now how do I live exactly. in such a time as this? You yes. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so it really just started from a place of, okay, well, you know, beyond beyond the relationship I have with Christ and him saving my soul, um, how does a husband operate? How does a husband, uh, you know, live and love as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her? How does he do that? How does it manifest itself practically in day-to-day -day living? Is it just... I do everything around the house, do the dishes, do cook and clean. Is, is it that I do everything and my wife does nothing? Mm. Or is it, you know what I'm saying? Or or, or is it, um, is there this relationship dynamic that uh, is, is both people mutually serving each other? And if that's the case, like, you know, who actually is leading the household and who's, you know, follow, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. I wanted to parse that out and really get into that conversation. I like that. I dig that. So it, it was important um, to you for men to not only know know how to um, know have good theology, have good book learning, but it's important for men to be able to walk that out too. So it's like you can't Bingo. read a book. Um, you 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 a fitness guy? I think you know how to fight a little bit. You can't just read a book on self defense and think you go out. You can go out in the world. And, and do it like you actually got to <laughs> right you get yourself folded but quick <laughs> but it's it's a sense of you have to practice these things you have to put these things into practice you have to take this theory and pressure test it 
and yes. uh and that's what i like about uh your your podcast uh, being husband is is it's a sense of pressure testing your theology let's pressure yes. test this. Let, let's let's see what you really um What's really mm. going on behind your you? Well, we know you knew you got all the books of the Bible. You know that you know difference between Zechariah and Zephaniah. You actually read mm. Amos all the way through. Like we got it. You, <laughs> you sweet. You sweet with that. But can yeah. you apply? Yes. What does Genesis one one? How does that live out in your life? Yes. yes. Like what does it mean that God created the heavens and the earth? What yes. does that mean that in the beginning God? What does that mean to you? And how do you live that out? Um, and so it, it brings me to our subject of today. The subject yeah. of today is testicular fortitude. Yes. Testicular fortitude. We're talking That's about have <laughs> we have to have it. And I'm not going to lie, bros. I'm, heroes, I'm not going to lie to you. I heard this. I heard this podcast from Jonathan talking about, do you have the balls? And it inspired. <laughs> I actually called him after I listened to it. And say, bro, I need you on the show, and we need to talk about this in in totality. <laughs> and kind of, we kind of, we have to, we have to spread this out and see what this really means for us as Christians. And if you listen to the podcast, what I did last week, I was talking about, do you have the testicular fortitude or the balls to submit? to Jesus to really live this out in a practical way to really take right. your theology and walk out your theology do you have do you have the balls enough to to do that but Jonathan when you did yours you were talking about something totally not something totally different it's still the same thing yeah, but it was a different yeah. spin on it yeah for sure yeah so man when, so when I did the episode um the 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 main like point of the episode like the say maybe the main thesis of it was that um jesus is lord is a political statement Ooh. and what i mean by that is, is that if you said that back in the early church that meant that you were saying that caesar was not lord and in that day you had to worship caesar caesar was um the divine uh king he right. was he had divinity to him so he had divine rights. And with those divine rights came the worship of the constituents, the worship of the people. Mm. So so being an early Christian, you saying and professing Jesus as Lord gets you killed. It gets you like literally Stephen is stoned because he is preaching that Jesus is Lord, not Caesar. I will serve Caesar except to the degree that it affects my worship to mm, the Lord. Exactly. So it is a political statement, even though it's not a, you know, a Republican statement or a, a Democratic statement. statement. It, it's above that. It's Come saying, on now. no, 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 no. I worship the Lord. I don't worship a donkey. I don't worship a rhino. I worship the lamb that was slain. And that has implications on how I live my life. Mm. And, and sometimes that, you know, the Democrats rock with what I'm doing. Sometimes the Republicans rock with it. Sometimes neither of them rock with it. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, my ultimate allegiance is to the Lord. And so you take it back even further to the Old Testament, which is what um, I was talking about. Then um, you have the basically the Jews 
in this time period in the book of Daniel is right. what I'm talking about. So mm -hmm. in the book of Daniel, the Jews are conquered by the Babylonians and the Babylonians are pagans. They do not worship the, the living God um, and, and they don't even know who Jesus Christ is at this point. So uh, when they capture and take captive the, you know, the land of Israel, they essentially become the governmental superpowers. They're in control of the education. They're in control of the agriculture. They're in control of um, the economy. Yep. All of it. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, which that weren't their real names. Yep. Their names were Hebrew. Uh, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah were their Hebrew names. But because of the Babylonian conquest, all of their names got changed. So Daniel's name became, uh, what, it's escaping me right now. I'll it, come back to it. But something with Bell Shadrach, at the Meshach, end. Was that? It's something with Bell at the end. I forgot what it is, though. Uh, is uh, it Bell Bell Shaz no, it's not Bell Shazar. Never mind. Keep on going. <laughs> yeah. No, I can't but, uh, but so, so Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah are named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Mm -hmm. Those are their Babylonian names. So my point, I'm trying to get at is even before Christ saying that Yahweh is Lord would have been a political statement as well. And so when King Nebuchadnezzar came and he had his idols and he wanted everybody to worship, mm -hmm. um, there were there were people that were in King Nebuchadnezzar's court that were trying to turn him against the Hebrew boys. And they were saying, hey, they won't bow the knee. So King Nebuchadnezzar was like, hey, you know, I believe you guys. Just bow the knee for me real quick. It's no big deal. Right. Boom. And, they, and they were like, we're not doing it. We'll let you change our name. We'll even uh, we'll even take some of your education. But we're not going to submit our bodies, that which God has made. Right. I'm made in God's image. So I'm not going to subject my body and my person to the authority of anyone other than Yahweh, other than the living God. Hmm. And so. The question was, do you have the balls? <laughs> Come on now. To 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 say to the powers that be, whether that's the media, whether that's the government, do you have the balls to say, I'm not bowing the knee, no matter if it costs me my job, you know, Karen in HR doesn't like me talking about the Lord, you know, and I'm not again, I, I wasn't suggesting that everyone go out and just be street preachers and nothing right, wrong right, with right. guys either. But what I'm saying is is Modern day Christians have never had to go through persecution. Come on now. Modern Christian men have never had to go through legitimate persecution. So the question is, if that day comes, when that day comes, I should say, do you have the balls to stand before everyone that has the power, quote unquote, right? Because all power belongs to God. Yep. Those that have the power, do you have the testicular fortitude, the balls to say, I'm not bowing to Caesar? Jesus is Lord. Yeah. And I think we all need to think through that before we get to that point. And it, it really puts the um, in a rubber when the rubber meets the road. Um, those type questions like same thing with Daniel um, with the I was listening to a pastor, but I also thinking about it when it came to him praying. And yeah. uh, the only thing that the the council had against daniel was that he prayed to yahweh that he prayed yeah. to his god so they created a rule a law a decree that you can't pray to anybody else yeah but daniel you know he didn't you know he didn't outright like go in front of the king and praying he was already just doing that 
in secret yeah in, in, yeah. in yeah what he does any other time but right. when that happened you notice the king was like was saddened but he he knew because he knew daniel wasn't go back down <laughs> like he kind of mm-hmm. like now i have to now i have to throw him in the first in, in the yeah. lion's den or same yeah. uh, same thing with not eating the king's meat like bro yeah. you you brought us out you took us from our families uh mm-hmm. you 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 now um, we're not we're just not we're not defiling our own bodies i'm not yeah. eating i'm not eating it you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Some mm-hmm. some people, some scholars said they were castrated, like they were a unit. Because remember, like it came from that whole um, the the advisor of the eunuchs or the the head of the eunuchs was the one talking yeah. to them. So I was like, in yeah. my mind, I'm like, are they eunuchs now? So now yeah. they can't have kids. They got their name changed. The whole culture. Remember uh, the the Babylonians' way of doing things were to get people assimilated, like the Borg. Um, right. I don't know if you old enough to know what that is, but. Um, to get to assimilate the culture they didn't come in and try to destroy everything what they did was take the brightest the most talented people yes. and make them babylonians and yes. make them babylonianized um, yes. and that yes. would draw the rest of the people uh, along with the and get them with the program you know what i mean mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we had in, in daniel you had a group of men who went up the ranks in spiritual excellence and the bible said daniel had a spirit of excellence and all that went up the ranks but when it when the when the rubber met the road they had the testicular fortitude to stand against the ways of babylon stay against the ways of the world stand against even though they had a secular job they had a secular vocation they had all these things but when the rubber reached the road yahweh is lord and jesus is lord was the was their their not I hate saying that word mantra was a thing that kept them pushing forward um right. with the commands right. that they had before you know what I mean yeah 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 for sure yeah and I think that's the question that men have to ask because you know frankly you know we're living in a time and and from my perspective it's only going to get more intense where um, we're going to have to for real be asking that question and we're going to have to for real give an answer to that. Hmm. I, I think that I think that we're not. And I posted this on my Instagram being a Christian today in terms of mainstream acceptance is a negative. Yes. In terms of mainstream acceptance, I'm not saying it is a negative. I'm saying if you tell outright world, I am a Bible believing Christian, mm-hmm. you will be called a bigot. If you're black, you'll be called a sellout. Yep. Okay. That's a thing. Yep. Yep. <laughs> you know? Yep. Um, and you'll be called someone that's old school, old fashioned. And so we're it's a net negative at this point yes. in terms of the mainstream. So the reality of the situation is, is that whether or not we get put into gas chambers or whether or not we get thrown into fiery furnace, who knows? But we will at some point deal with persecution. The Bible speaks of it. All that shall live godly shall what? Suffer Suffer persecution. persecution. Mm -hmm. You will. And this whole election season has really kind of exposed us because, and and I'm going to say this, um, there are some guys on the, you know, and and I'm I'm in this camp as well. So I can say this, but uh, guys that are, politically and theologically uh more right-leaning more conservative me too perhaps. yeah yeah you know yeah. what i'm saying yeah 
And and so guys, so here's but here's my critique of us, uh, James. And I'm not saying this is me and you, and maybe it is me and you. I think it is. I think I do have. I'm not absolved of this, but I'm saying a lot of them vote a certain way. And when I say a certain way, typically right-leaning conservative Trump. If they did that, maybe they didn't even vote this year. Who knows? But, right. Um, did that out of fear of persecution? Huh? Because. See what I'm here's what I'm saying. I know some people that are so afraid of the 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 left, so afraid of secularism, so afraid of that, that they vote not necessarily based on their conscience, oh, but based on them being scared of what's coming if they don't don't vote. Oh my goodness. You understand what oh, I'm saying? Oh, that motivation is all wrong. You got, but see what I'm saying? You have to check your heart when you do this. Voting should be a very sobering thing. You really need to take time and examine, okay, am I voting to save my butt, save the West? Or am I voting to be able to disciple my children in the way that Jesus is Lord? That's the, you know what I'm saying? I think that's the distinction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And I don't, but see, I I don't know that a lot of us have taken time to really think through that in our minds. Are yeah. we really, are we protecting ourselves from persecution or are we trying to uh, raise our kids again, Jesus is Lord or, 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 or be able to move through that in a way that would keep us from, from uh, really keep our family out of harm is really what it comes down to. Um, because one of the things that, and I'll I'll, I'll say this, and I'll, I'll be done with the politics thing. But one of the things <laughs> that's coming down from one of the things that's coming down from the, the left is this Equality Act, and so the equality. You know about this? No, nah, I never heard of it, bro. So the Equality Act is an act where if your children come to you and say that they want to have a sex change, oh they would no, have, goodness gracious, they would have government. No, listen, they would have government protection to do that, and there was nothing you could do to say. Uh, no to it. Oh. Mm-hmm. Foolishness. Mm-hmm. Foolishness. Yeah, professing themselves to be wise, they become fools. Um, because what you what you do, in effect, is you allow uh, confused children. And I'm going to just say this. You allow confused children to make permanent decisions. Yes. Permanent reproductive decisions. Yes. Now we're talking about population. You know control. what I'm saying? Like control. And now we're talking about... I mean, frankly, not following the creation mandate or the cultural mandate Amen. in Genesis 2. Be, or be fruitful, fruitful and, and multiply. multiply. Do what? Fill the earth and subdue it. God gave us no restriction on that. There is zero. You will not find. And check me. You will not find in Scripture God saying we need to manage the population. God's never, got that never. handled. Yeah, he yeah he handled that in in Genesis, and then he did it with Solomon and Gomorrah. Like <laughs> he, Gamora, he yes, did sir. it he did it with you know uh, Joshua's campaign throughout the Promised Land. Like he handles mm-hmm. populations if you want them to go. He can For do sure. so because he's the creator. <laughs> he's the creator, and once we get to a place where we're like, yo, I, I need to manage that. That's forbidden knowledge. Mm. That's not your role. Stay in your lane. You mm. can eat from every tree. You can look, I give you so much freedom. Lord is like, look, listen, listen, take my yoke upon you because my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Don't go over there to that tree. That's a lot of that's a lot of smoke. 
that you, you don't, don't want. Yes, exactly. That's a lot of burden of responsibility. You don't want that. And us in our arrogance, go for it. Yeah, because we wanted that ended that de- that was a in that moment that was a declaration of independence. Like God, what you're yes. saying, what you're saying is not good. I want my own way. I want yeah. my own way. And yeah. and, and it's, the, it's, a, it's a hard thing to think about. The world is now allowing foolishness and folly be the law of the land. Like, like yeah. now, now crack, now black tar heroin is legal in certain states. Like, yeah. like the, yeah. the, the, the craziest <laughs> thing in the, in the craziest things in the world and the most abstract, the most deviant things in the world are now the law. And if you say anything against it, you are, you know, tarred and feathered, if you will, or you got to get off the the Instagram or the Facebook, or you 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 know whatever, yeah. whatever jail they put you in. But do we have <laughs> do we have? I think the main thing is now in this day, men, do we have enough fortitude to stand against that nonsense? Do we have enough fortitude mm-hmm. to speak against um like the that the cuties and speak against mm-hmm. the the things that are coming up in our society to speak against the equality act because even with that stuff like i saw this clip yesterday no day before yesterday and it was a i think it's a hbo special but it was a church i'm using that term lightly confirming sure. kids identity so they had this little boy uh-huh. in a rainbow dress and he was shy to say it but um I am a, I am a her, him, I'm a her, she, and like the, the group of women, mind you, clapping yes. and everything else like that. No fathers in there, no dads around. Like, where's the dads? Where's the, where, where's the people standing up and saying it's wrong? Who is taping this? Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's a whole lot of things that people are not standing against foolishness. And it's not yes. just a societal thing. It's not just outside, but it's inside that we allow foolishness to come through. We so, do. so dealing with our our anger issues, our our uh, our lust issues, our our unable to, our unwilling to fight the temptation to be isolated and be alone as men, dealing with the lack of friendship that most men have, dealing with our biblical illiteracy that most men have, like yes. we need the fortitude to fight against that too. We do, yeah, uh, dude. So, I think it was Alexander Solzhenitsyn said that. And it may, I think it's Alexander Solzhenitsyn in the Gulag Archipelago, uh, which is a, if you want to know about suffering, like for the cause of Christ or for being a Jewish, read the Gulag Archipelago. It is what they did in the Soviet Union and what they did in Nazi Germany is like the, the just the worst level of sin and depravity. I mean, it's. Mm. It's heartbreaking, but he said that the line between good and evil runs through the human heart, Mm. each individual's human heart. And like when I sat with that, I was like, okay, if, if that's true, and I believe that it is, then that means that everything that's going on in the world, like I had some kind of micro impact on to a degree now. Is everything my fault? Of course not. But the conversations that I could have had, um, the the thing I think, so let me say this. Me and my buddy just had this conversation yesterday. Um, I think we as men 
based on scripture, have a role and responsibility to create a culture in our household. Amen. To create a family culture. And that's kind of a thing we talk about on the podcast a lot. The 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 word for husband uh, historically has always been tied to uh, an agrarian understanding. Somebody right, that right. cultivates the land. Yeah. And, and to cultivate that word C-U-L-T at the beginning of that, that cult or culture is to create a system in which the things that you're working with can flourish. And so a husband literally is a builder of culture. Amen. Fundamentally at his core. Mm -hmm. That's what, how God designed them. That's guess what God told him to do. He said, work the garden, cultivate the garden, protect it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so if we see this stuff going on in the world, we can't affect all of it. But what we can do is we can say, you know what, honey, what do you think about this that's going on? What do you think about this? Kids, what do you think about this is going on? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's how you feel? Well, here's what the Word of God says, and here's how we need to operate in light of what Amen. the Word of God Amen. says. Um, you know what I'm saying? And when you do that, then you start to impact your immediate circle of influence. And then, again, that circle of influence moves out to the community, moves out to the county, moves out to the state moves out to the country yeah and yeah. i think that we've here's the thing our biggest critique conservative christians or, or christians in general we're really really quick to critique the culture which i agree that we should but the question is are we doing that and then bringing it to the home or are we just out here critiquing the culture for everybody else to see, right? Because we're, we're, we got our Sunday best on, we might be pastors, we might be podcasters, we're critiquing and we're doing all of this. But are we taking that conversation and we're saying, hey, what y'all sitting right here, the people that yes. I, the people that I had a, a role in birthing and, and the woman that, that is the wife of my youth. Yeah, yeah, come on now. How does this affect us? What do we need to be doing in light of scripture? And, 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 and doing correction there first. Come on now. That's the primary role. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And and I think over time, James, what will happen is the testicular fortitude will build. Because if you can check your wife, like if you can have a hard conversation with her, honey, the way you feel about this is not biblical, sweet pea. It's yeah. Not. If you can do that, you you will graduate to the level where you won't have an issue standing out and saying hey y'all need to quit doing that oh you know what i'm saying oh listen to what i'm saying i'm listening here's, the thing. Here, here's what I'm, here, and i'm gonna say this and i'm gonna be done because i'm ta i'm talking too much no you ain't the, the 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 principle of progressive overload is what we know about in like weightlifting so you say you just got on the weights yeah there's a principle called progressive overload and what that means is every time you go into the gym you add just a little bit more weight a little bit more weight and over time you started at 120 and over the course of three months you added weight and you're now 195 you're stronger than you were three months ago because of progressive overload uh-huh now apply that to this to discipleship to evangelism you start small and pretty soon your 120 that you started with, with just your family becomes 195 and you have a pool in the neighborhood and in the community Come on People now. respect what you have to say because your wife respects you. Your kids That's respect. where it starts. And people, people you got you got to understand that before God gave 
Adam, Eve, he gave him that cultural mandate to be fruitful and multiply and cultivate. And then before there was a ministry need, he gave Adam a wife and a household to take care of. So that is our first domain as men. That's why I talk about restoring heroes, be a provider, protector, and priest of your home, because that's where it all starts. You want to change the... I don't really care about changing the culture global. I want to make sure that my son is a man of God. I want to make sure my daughter is a woman of God and a woman of faith. My daughters, I want to make sure that they know who Christ is and they know through the word of God, how, how, how they ought to act. Not through what, what pop culture says, not through what, um, um, whatever theologian says, what the Bible actually says is the truth. Let me yes. live about, let me live that out like that. And that takes courage to mm. pick up the Bible and go through something at the dinner table. That takes courage to bring up a subject that you're not yes. too sure about, but you want to have that, that weakness in front of you. Like, I'm not sure how to react. What you think? What you think? Well, yes. okay, let's all go to the Bible and submit under that. That takes yes. courage. That takes yes. testicular yes. fortitude to lead your family because mm-hmm. that is our only mandate. That is our only mandate. Like we don't have a mandate. Some people are called to preach, but we don't all have to be pastors. We don't all just because I do a podcast doesn't mean I'm fulfilling the call of God in my life. Like my call of God in my life is being a husband and a, and a father. Like and I got and and I need to do that right. If yes. I don't do that right, there's no reason to be on this mic talking to you guys or having yes. having a conversation like that. And that yes. takes fortitude. That takes fortitude. What you said was perfect. Like if you can't stand up against your wife and risk the the um, risk the punishment of sleeping on the couch or being in a doghouse. If you can't do sure. that, then there's no get off the mic. There's no reason for you to be on the pulpit. The there's no reason for you to <laughs> try to stand up for your boss and go off on your boss. There's no reason to do all that because you yeah. cannot stand up against your wife and say, "Babe, that's wrong." Babe, that's mm-hmm. wrong. And one of the ways, and it's a practical way, I learned this um, from my friend Bill. But he says, "I I stopped apologizing." And what he said was, I stop apologizing for things um, that I, for in times I didn't do anything wrong. If I didn't do anything wrong, I'm not going to apologize. Right. Because that, that's false. That's, that's, that's just saying I'm apologizing just to smooth things over. If I've done nothing wrong, then I'm sorry that you feel upset, but I'm not going to apologize because yeah. I didn't say anything wrong. You're just upset by what I said. But am, what right. I, is what I said truthful? If it yeah. is, there's nothing for me to say. Yeah. And that yeah. takes fortitude. If you can't yeah. do that, you, you're walking around beating yourself up for being cowardly. Mm-hmm. And men, mm-hmm. and like the first, I read this quote before, mm-hmm. the first person you have to prove yourself to is yourself. Because believe mm-hmm. it or not, you know this, we beat ourselves up if we miss an opportunity. If we miss a yeah. day in the gym, if we didn't eat right, even though those things are like missing a day in the gym and, and eating a Snickers aren't that big of a deal. Sure. But we beat mm-hmm. ourselves up and think about mm-hmm. how much Satan will beat you down if you miss an opportunity to stand on your own two feet, to stand mm-hmm. with, with fortitude, to stand like Satan will whoop you. Yeah. He whoop you. Oh, you're a coward. <laughs> you are you, you know, you really ain't really a man. What's the point of praying? What's the point of doing this? Like it mm-hmm. takes fortitude. It takes mm-hmm. testicular fortitude to do the right things in the sight of the Lord. You know what I mean? Yeah, bro. Yeah. Mm. James, um, <laughs> that was convicting, bro. I'm not gonna lie to you. And like I said, 
like it's 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 all the the home is really the proven ground. Oh, Paul made it clear too. Um, whenever he was, I think it was Titus, but um, he said, "Do not let a man be a pastor that does not have his household together." Come on now, that's the prerequisite Paul gave. Come on now. So all of these people that are. You know what I call cool table pastors. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Skinny jeans, cool, V neck. Cool, yeah, yeah. It's like, a lot of cool table pastors that you know we end up hearing about them cheating on their wives. Yeah. You know. Um, and like I said, th- here's the thing too. Like I don't want to do. I don't want to. I don't want to say that I'm somehow never going to run across that temptation. Right. Right. That's everything. Here's 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 I think a big difference though, is that like, I'm also not gonna pretend to be wiser and better than I am, because I'm not. You know Come what I'm now. saying? Like I'm not, and I'm 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 upfront and I'm honest about that. I deal with sexual temptation like the rest of them. You know what I mean? Yep. And one of the things that I do to safeguard my marriage in light of that is to keep my marriage, you know, keep it spicy. Spicy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And sprinkles. Keep it spicy. Man. Yeah. It's no, look, look, bro. We have the freedom of being married and having enjoyment sexually with our All wife. All day. Anytime. All day. <laughs> Anytime. Anytime. So I need, that's something that you got to be a steward of. So look, if you, if you're, wanting that and your wife's just like eh, I'm not really feeling it hit hit the weights one time right <laughs> hit the weights hey hey hey, James. hey. Hit the weights. hey man hit the, hit the weights for three months and then come back and talk to me right and tell me about your <laughs> and it look and I tell guys that and it's funny and I'm and they're like Jonathan man like that's not what we need to be talking about that's not Christ like I'm like listen bro like Everything that, that that life is is not about trying to be a, a Jesus mind all the time. There are some things as married men that Jesus didn't necessarily talk about because he wasn't married. Sexual attraction yeah. is important. Yes. It's How important. else are you gonna be fruitful and multiply? How else are you gonna be fruitful and multiply? How else are you gonna protect your marriage on both ends? from infidelity if you all don't have a sexual relationship it's on, like now. you know what i mean and, and guys will look at me cross-eyed and i think that the reason that it is and i'll tell you this i'm gonna be quiet the reason that it is <laughs> <laughs> shut up the reason that it is james is because my grandma used to say you know there's so many people that are very heavenly minded but they're no earthly good yes Yes. And what she meant by that was, and she didn't know it. She was a, a kind of a philosopher. She meant that people were Gnostic about their faith. And Gnosticism, I don't know if anybody's you know familiar with it, but Gnosticism was basically a heresy that came into the church yep. and stayed a while that basically suggested that the spirit was good and the body was Come bad. Come on now. You know what I'm saying? So, oh my so, goodness. so that, so how does that come into play with this conversation? You got guys out here that know all the scripture and that you know they fast and they go around and oh, I'm holy, I'm holy, I praise God. And you ask them how they're doing, they say I'm blessed and highly favored. They come just on got a lot of like, you know what I'm saying? They got Cliches. a lot of the jargon. Yeah, 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 yeah. Christianese. <laughs> you know, but their home life's a mess. They don't, you know what I'm saying? They they've not created 
an intimate sexual relationship with their wives, their their kids are are going around doing whatever, and you're out here saving everybody else's kids and your own kids hadn't seen. You Come know on what I'm now. Saying? So so that that the point that I'm trying to get at is that God created when we when Jesus was resurrected, he resurrected not just as a spirit, but as a physical body. Come on now. The word flesh in scripture isn't necessarily skin suit. It means whenever you submit yourself just to the base desires of the flesh. Yeah. So, and that's devoid, again, the base desire of sexual uh, lust or whatever, having that devoid of a relationship with God causes you to sin against God because that desire is meant to be placed in marriage. Amen. Amen. So, and so that's what we're really talking about when we get at flesh. And what we got to start doing as Christians is we have to have a theology that honors the spiritual things and the body. Christianity is not just a heart religion. It's not just the heart. It is a, it, it does. Jesus did come to change our desires in our heart. But now you have to have that manifested in your body. And you another have to show that in your behavior. And you another know? definition of, of heart in that, because there's no Hebrew definition. It was always talking about motives, why you do things, why you do things. So if Jesus is Lord, if the Bible says Jesus is Lord of all, that it is in the bedroom, that is over your food intake, that is over your how much you smoke, or if you, you know, it is all that stuff. It's over. Yeah. All of it is all under him right, and it all need to be submitted under him. Um, and that goes into your, your physical thing. It goes into all that men. Do you have the testicular fortitude to stand on the word of God and submit to him in all things? Because Jesus is Lord means everything, everything, bro, everything. And that's all we got to say about that. Until next time, heroes, be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, and be strong out there. Whoop! Oh,